I'm Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Surviving and thriving. Broke me, dude. (laughs) Let the fun begin. Let's get it. On today's pod, we discuss a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving getting swept in the very first round. It is also Trey Day as we surprise Trey on air about his best bet segment becoming permanent. And finally, Coop and I face our feelings about these toxic grizzlies. And we give you a preview to game five. We discuss all of this and much more, so let's jump into it. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Oh, uh, you know, surviving and thriving. Love to hear it, love to hear it. Well, the Brooklyn Nets just got swept. Sweep! Something that uh, a lot of us did not see coming. So I just have a lot to get off my chest about this series. Cooper just read me an interesting stat right before we got on air that was probably one of the worst game statistics I've ever heard in my life, so stay tuned for that. But I just want to start off by saying... How anyone could have picked Brooklyn in this series is beyond me. No, I did not expect this to be over in four games. I I said six, and I could have seen five even, but four is ridiculous. This team has disregarded the regular season all year long, and I mean, it showed. Sure, KD was hurt in the regular season. Kyrie had his little thing. But let's not act like this team had urgency all year either. I mean, there's been a lot of buildup to this. You and I discussed during the play-in tournament that we didn't feel good about Brooklyn. Katie and Kyrie combining for 60 points and then barely beating a Cleveland Cavaliers team without Jared Allen at home. It just, it, they didn't look good going into the playoffs. As a matter of fact, if the Lakers didn't exist this year, I would 100% call this team the most disappointing team in NBA history. I know it feels like I've been throwing that term around quite a bit lately, but that is 100% the truth because this team came in as title favorites. There were even second in title odds going into the playoffs two weeks ago. So this team had high expectations, not even came anywhere close to them. They're the only team in the playoffs that have zero wins in the playoffs, not Toronto, not New Orleans, not Denver, but Brooklyn is the only team in the playoffs that did not get a win. And that is just ridiculous to me. Even though this is probably the worst three-game stretch for Kevin Durant, you know, I'm not going to blame it on him, as, as crazy as that sounds. No, no, yeah. not at all. I mean, he had, what do you have tonight, 38? 39. 39. He had 39 t- tonight. I knew he'd show up. He didn't show up in games one through three when they needed him, but that's okay. The dude has no help. He has no help, and... To be honest, I'm blaming the guy that Brooklyn made a midseason trade for. You and I talked at the trade deadline. We had heard all the talk about which team's going to win it, win the championship this year, Philly or Brooklyn. And my answer kind of through it all was really neither. I, I, I believe James Harden and Ben Simmons are both cancers in the locker room, and they're proving that now more than ever. I'm not only going to blame Ben Simmons, I'm also going to blame Steve Nash. You cannot play three point guards on the floor at the same time. Goron, Kyrie Irving, Patty Mills, all were on the floor quite a bit together this series, and I just don't understand why you're playing six-footers against Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Robert Williams, all these massive guys. I literally saw Kyrie guarding Jalen Brown tonight. I saw Goran Dragic trying to guard Jason Tatum tonight. I'm like, what is this? And... The few minutes that Blake Griffin played in the entire series, he was good for them. The numbers weren't there, but defensively and rebounding, he helped out quite a bit. He didn't even get any minutes in game one and two. He got eight minutes in game three, 
and he played about 15, I think 16 minutes maybe in game four. And it was, you could tell, as you said, Coop, he had the highest plus minus on the team in game four, even though they lost. Yep. In a way, I'm kind of glad that it ended like this because this would, I mean, if this team won a championship, it would just show that you can make a mid-season trade for James Harden last year and win a championship, or you can make a in-season trade this year uh, for Ben Simmons and win a championship. But this truly shows that you need chemistry in the regular season. You need defense. And it's a collective sport, and that's what this shows. It's not just Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant carrying you to the finals. In fact, that'll get you swept in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, that's just how I'm feeling about exactly. it. Uh, I, I had to rant for a little bit, but Cooper, I'm going to let you give that stat that you read to me right before we went on air. Yeah, no. So you already mentioned it. Blake Griffin had the highest plus minus in this game. He was tied with Jason Tatum for the highest plus minus in this game, and they lost his game. And he was one of two players on the Brooklyn Nets that actually had a positive plus minus, which is not a good thing. Um, but now nah, the stat I enjoyed the most was Nick Claxton with 23 minutes, six for six from the field, and one for 11 from the free throw line. And the Nets lost this game by four total points. It's just wild. But I mean, at the end of the day, hey, Shaq. Hack-a-shack was a thing, too, so I guess Nick Claxton was hack-a-shack for tonight. But, uh, no, I, I agree with everything you said. I think Brooklyn probably came in a little too pompous for this series, but I'm going to piggyback off the thing you were saying where basketball teams need the congruency, they need the camaraderie, need the uh, team-building aspect. Literally two months ago, we the Brooklyn – or the not the Brooklyn Nets. The Boston Celtics were not even thought of to be the two-seed. Not even two months ago. Like I mean, it's we were we were talking about how they were on this like this crazy run that they were all in, literally just two months ago. And at the beginning of the season, they were not cohesive. They didn't work very well together. And then you slowly but surely started to see them gel. I mean, Jack, you and I were talking about them potentially splitting up Jason Tatum and J- Jalen Brown. Yep. At the trade deadline. Yep. Um, but then this this team connected. They meshed. Their defense. You can't have as good of a defense as this team does switching the way you do if you're not connected as a team, if you're not a good team. Uh, and you can see, literally, this is a tale of two two teams. Brooklyn is, we're going to rely on our best player who, coming into the season, in the initial NBA top 100 players ranking, he was number one, the consensus number one player in Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Um, not LeBron, not Steph, not Joel, not Jokic, Kevin Durant. Um, and don't get me wrong, Kevin Durant is lethal. I love KD. Um, he took an already incredible Golden State team, and then they went on to break a record for most wins in the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody knows how hard it is to win 72 basketball games. Wasn't it 72? They were 72 and 9? Uh, or, there, was, there were 73. I think that was, I think that was the season before KD got there. I may be wrong, though. I'm almost... Oh, shoot. Then I'm, I'm about to blow smoke up KD's butt, and it's not even like warranted. <laughs> LOL. Um, anywho, like Katie, they, I mean, they cruised to a championship that year, regardless of if he was the one that set the record yeah, with them or they, not. They beat like, LeBron in five games in that finals. Yeah, you were exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just see one team is so like, I mean, Jack. The old saying is defense is win championships. Now I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say nothing right now about Boston. Boston took care of business, and they're gonna be the only team that sweeps uh, in this first round. Uh, so give them credit. There's going to be a lot of gentlemen sweeps, um, but not just outright sweeps. Uh, it's embarrassing if I'm the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. Getting swept is the most humiliating and embarrassing thing you can 
Mike, you can see. And not like, only getting swept, the only team this first round getting swept. The only team. To get swept. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I mean, you and I both, You well, you thought that uh, Philly was going to sweep Toronto, which, shout out Toronto right now. They're winning 13, winning by 13 yep. uh, with two minutes left in the third quarter. Um, but I didn't, I thought that was going to go seven and I was wrong. Granted, losing Scotty Barnes and losing Freddie hurts, but yeah, true. it is what it is. We'll get to that game in a minute. Mm-hmm. I thought Utah, when they weren't having to face Luka Doncic until game four, that should have been, that series should be over, mm-hmm. but they're two, two. I thought there was the Warriors were going to sweep. I thought, I mean, out of any series, this was not the one that I pegged to be the sweep. And so if I'm Brooklyn Nets, I'm embarrassed. Um, you gotta, I think, reassess. Um, also, I find it's I love how you poked at Ben Simmons because I'm I'm gonna agree wholeheartedly with that statement too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that they're releasing. Oh, he's gonna play game four. He's gonna play game four. Then all of a sudden they go down three zero. He's not playing game four. I'm like, uh, why are y'all leaking it if he's yeah. <laughs> like? Grizzlies PR doesn't leak John Moran's playing if John Moran ain't playing. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, I just don't get it. And so nobody's on the same page. Exactly. Like that's my whole point. You have a cohesive team that took care of business. I mean, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's going to be talked about in the top five next year and yes. the top one hundred NBA players. I think. Yes. Um, because he's incredible. I mean the the defense this man like yes Marcus Smart one defense player of the year rightfully so, but the defense that Jason Tatum played series this entire series mm-hmm. on kevin durant was the greatest defense i've seen on kevin durant mm-hmm. my entire life watching kevin durant um granted jt did foul out this game but at the end of the day you still won by four so it doesn't matter and you still played 36 minutes so it's not like you fouled out with like carl anthony towns did in the playing game with a whole quarter left to go but um yeah boston celtics took care of business they're probably in my opinion i think they're the best team right now um, uh, and I think that they, if they keep taking care of business, uh, whoever wins out of this Toronto Philly series, I'm still thinking it's going to be Philly, but they're going to have a, they're going to have a tough time trying to, uh, neutralize Boston. Cause guess what? Boston gets to go home and sit for a week, um, and get a defensive game plan to neutralize whoever they're about to play. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you, whether it's Joel Embiid, whether it's, uh, and James Harden, whether it's Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet, which I highly doubt, uh, guarantee you one of one of those two players will be neutralized um for an entire series mm-hmm. um, I, I think i think boston feeds into that milwaukee chicago series is it really mm-hmm. yeah two seven yeah because oh uh, my bad my bad you, you good they're four five no you good I, for, I forget mm-hmm. with the east how tight it was i always just assumed that uh oh, yeah it was philly right got that you. three seed mm-hmm. no philly got that yeah, four yeah. seed yep. Yep, yep, yep. yeah you're right my bad no, my bad i forgot Whoever wins that series got to play the Heat, which is not a good matchup either. I'm, I'm just gonna say it right now. I think I think the matchup's gonna be Boston and Miami. Um, I'll, I'll say it. I know we're not doing that right now, and we'll probably get to that a little later. But um, I think that's the case. I'd, uh, I'd have to agree with you. I'd have to. Agree yeah. With you. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, granted, that series isn't over. Uh, uh, Bucks and Bulls, but could you imagine what? could potentially happen to DeMar DeRozan or what could potentially happen to Giannis. Dude, I am licking my lips thinking about the second round. I mean, Miami, Philly, and then Boston, Milwaukee, possibly. I mean, that's you could look at both those series and see them go in seven. Like, I would not bat an eye at both of those going seven. 100%. 100%.
Now it's time for Trey's best bets. If you would have listened to my boy Trey last week, you would have made a lot of money. And you also would have heard how talented he was at this and how much he enjoyed it. It was easy to see how passionate he is about the sport and how persistent he was with me and being on this podcast. So I thought it was only right to make his segment permanent from now on. And um, he's part of our family now. I I can't be more excited for that and for him and for this opportunity we have. So with that being said, let's make some more money with Trey. Let's get into it. What's up? What's up, Trey? How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was going to text you this yesterday. You probably already know this, but before I, I texted you, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell him on the show. But I, I just wanted to say, Cooper and I, we've been talking and like this segment is going to be full time. Like you did an absolutely amazing job last week. And I just want to say congrats. Welcome to the family. And we can't wait to have you, bro. I appreciate that, man. Um, wow. Like I'm speechless. I'm excited for the for the future and this is gonna be dope bro i'm excited for the listeners too I cashed two tickets last week two two for oh, two for two so far so oh for let's, sure let's go baby let's ride yeah you had a hell of a week last week let's talk about this week a little bit just for everyone out there listening uh we're recording this on monday night and this will drop on tuesday as you can probably see by now but i had a little conflict with work this week so we're dropping stuff early so trey's going to be looking at the tuesday and wednesday lines and we're going to be analyzing those so trey what are you looking at for this week all right now um i like the grizzlies minus six and a half or i see they're minus six and a half i hate to say this but I think with the way this series is going, it's just been so close the last couple of games. There haven't been any blowouts or anything like that. I might have to take that that Timberwolves plus six and a half. But also, if you go to more wagers, you can go to alternate lines and you can get them plus 10. That's going to be worse money, of course, but that's always something you can do. The second game on Tuesday, Pelicans plus seven. I hammered the money line, so that's plus 240. I mean, without Booker, the Suns have been awful. and So the Pelicans plus 240, that one, that one just looks like easy money to me. Pelicans won one in Phoenix without Devin Booker. So, yep, he got hurt in game two. He had 31, and, ever, and then uh, New Orleans came back to win that. And then mm-hmm. Phoenix grabbed one in New Orleans, but then if you watched the game last, uh, yeah, last night, New Orleans really handed it to Phoenix yeah. uh, quite easily. Honestly, I think Valanciunas has a favorable favorable matchup inside with uh, Aiton, and then Chris Paul. I mean, as great as he is, those two rookies were just hounding him and hounding yeah. him, and then McCollum and McCollum's, uh, he's I I mean he's a superstar player. And then Brandon Ingram is just balling out of his mind as well right now, too. So I feel like that's just giving away money at that point. Facts. And, dude, my first question was going to be how you felt about that Tuesday game against, you know, the Grizzlies and Timberwolves. But, yeah, honestly, I don't blame you one bit for taking six. It's going to be super competitive. This is a game five that can, you know, change the series. Timberwolves win that. You know, Grizzlies got to go back to Minnesota for game six and win on the road to four seven. So we'll we'll see what happens there. With the Suns and Pelicans, dude, yes, dude, I completely agree. Brandon Ingram's been going insane. Chris Paul, he went off in game three, but game four, he only had four points. You're right, Jose Alvarado and um, Herb Jones has just been hounding him and making Herb it. Herb Jones is like, he is a dog. He is yes. a dog. He's he's blossomed to one of the best defenders in the league, I think. I definitely agree. I think next year he could be in contention for uh, defensive player of the year. 
So exactly, yeah. But at plus two hundred and forty on the road, I, I can't argue with that. The way the Suns look right now without Devin Booker. And then I hope I'm wrong with this Grizzlies one. You know, being a Grizzlies fan, I would love to see them come out and beat them by fifty. But I just and the way this game is being officiated, and then the way that the competitiveness has just been crazy. And then I, I'm not sure what happened with Jaw. I feel like ever since he took that knee, because Cat blatantly need him in in the quad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I feel like he's not as explosive. I mean, he had 35 in game one or something like that, mm-hmm. and then he got need in game two, and he, then he came out and he had like. 15 and then he had 11 or something like that so it's just like it's a little worrisome hopefully he can come back to Memphis get some treatment though and, and heal up but I like that plus six and a half honestly and then Bulls minus 10 on Wednesday the the lines are so large right now I, pr- I probably wouldn't touch them um I mean it's eight and a half for Golden State on FanDuel right now um that's a lot. That's a lot because I feel like at this point, Jokic's not going to go down without kicking and fighting and giving it at all. So I don't see them losing by more than seven. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Milwaukee minus 10. That one's interesting because of the middle 10 injury. But the way that uh, Grayson Allen's been stepping up since he's been injured, I. I yeah, I don't know. I probably wouldn't touch that one. Yeah, I don't blame you. God, Grayson Allen had 27 uh, yesterday. That shit was crazy. That's one player, dude, that I miss so much. I miss his shooting. Him, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, bro. Because like, Demo hasn't showed up at all in the playoffs. God, That's been, it's been horrific. It's been him and Zaire both. Yeah, they have not been. Yeah, I mean, you, can, you can't blame Zaire because I mean like it's his he's yeah he's a kid he's a yeah yeah, he's a kid but like he balled out during the regular season also though like like we were just talking about it's been such a competitive series this during the play-in tournament and I was like praying that the Timberwolves beat the Clippers Mm -hmm. because I thought that was like I was like I don't want to play Paul George and like the chance of Kawhi coming back like that does not sound appealing to me Mm -hmm. And then, but I guess like the matchup, you know, like Cat went off last game. He responded. He responded well to the critics in Game Four. So respect to him for that. Got to give it to him. Yeah, he. I was thinking the same thing. I, as much as I hated seeing him drop, you know, thirty five, thirty three, however much he had, but I was just, I was just like, damn. I mean, he did respond. He needed to respond, especially after that post game interview of saying next question and then. I'm gonna go home yeah. and drink some wine. Like, I should. yeah, it's like, who do you think you are, LeBron? Like, yeah, it's like, dude, you've won like two playoff games your entire career. So that's I. Yeah, like I said, that officiating man. God. When Taylor Jenkins like challenged it, it, they won it. So the refs literally just got mad because they looked dumb. So Bane literally goes there, like brushes off Anthony Edwards and gets called for a charge to get him his like fourth foul. Mm-hmm. Like five seconds after, yeah, it's like my lord, this is getting to a point where it's ridiculous. Nah, you're exactly right, bro. You got any more lines or anything else for us, or? That's the only ones I see open right now. I wish I could go further. For sure, dude. Thank you so much for uh, coming on again, and can't wait to start this partnership uh, in the future. 
Yeah, man, I'm so excited. Thank you guys again for even considering me for that. And uh, this is going to be awesome. Can't wait for the listeners to cash some tickets and can't wait to expand on this with you guys and uh, blow this up into something huge, man. Yeah, same here. Same here. Have a good one, Trey. All right, you too, buddy. Have a good one. Now let's pivot to the Grizz Corner. In the Grizz Corner, we discuss everything Grizzlies. We have a lot to discuss. John Morant got announced this afternoon. He is the most improved player of the 2021-2022 NBA season. Uh, Ja got surprised at practice with that award. Or he said, I got some new ice, and he wasn't lying because that trophy is looking pretty nice. But the funny part about that is, (laughs) is this man went to Desmond Bain's house after practice, left it in his kitchen, took a picture of it, posted on his story, and said, Des, the award's in your kitchen. And then the the video of Desmond reacting to that is absolutely hilarious. He gave it to Desmond Bain, even though Desmond obviously wouldn't take it. It's got Ja's name on it. But props to Ja. I didn't even think that was even close, really, that award. Did you? No, not at all. I mean, this is a fun award. I mean, there's a lot of players here that, I mean, if you look at them, I mean, Ja got votes. Obviously, Ja got votes. He won it. Uh, Des got votes. He was fifth. And Jaron was tenth. Uh, DeJounte was second, Darius was third, Jordan Poole uh, was fourth, um, Tyrese Maxey was sixth, Miles Bridges was seventh, and Ant Fernie Simons, despite hey. the fact that he got hurt, was yeah. eighth. Uh, I'll give myself a little pat on the back that he was still involved in that, but no, I mean, huge, huge uh, accomplishment for John. I mean, at the end of the day, if you ask me, I mean, you and I already talked about it at some point on the show. Uh, we wanted him to make that jump, that jump to get over 25 points per game. He 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 did that with Ansem, uh, kept the assist up, got the rebounds up, uh, efficient, more was more efficient. Started an All Star game. I mean, he he deserved it. Um, but so I also love the fact that he uh, his his exact statement was, uh, "Yeah, I won the award." This award goes to me, but I feel like it's a team effort. And that's why you see him taking it to Desmond exactly. Bain. I mean, a great uh, teammate. we'll get into – exactly. He's he's an incredible teammate. And we'll get into all that because I got a lot to talk about uh, <laughs> <laughs> about my boys. I'm going to hate on them for yeah. a little bit tonight. But it's hey, all right. I, I had to do it last week. We're, we're flip-flopping rolls this week. So we're catching up yeah. here on the Hampton Hoops pod. Game three uh, happened last Thursday night. We haven't discussed that. That was the good news for the Grizz. Game four is obviously the bad news on Saturday night. I'm going to talk about game three a little bit, then I'm going to toss it to Coop for game four. Game three was intensely emotional for me. Um, I I came back home from work, got to catch the third quarter, and went into a severe depression, to be honest. Um it was one of the worst third quarters I've one of the worst quarters I've ever seen the Grizzlies play basketball. We were down by 25 two different times in this game and in the third quarter it was just turnover after turnover and then I looked up at the end of the third and I'm like god rolling down 16 could we? Is this possible? And then we opened the fourth quarter on just an absolute tear and by the 6 minute mark of the fourth we're within one. Tyus Jones hits a massive three to give us the lead, and we never really looked back from there. Dylan, with a minute and a half left, had a dagger step back three to push it to 12, and we ended up winning the game by nine, which is crazy. Um, and I thought Ja didn't play that well, and then I went and looked at the box score, and he had a triple-double. So it was just just one of those games for the Grizz. It wasn't one person. I mean, it was sprayed across the board. Desmond Bain played absolutely fantastic. 
so did Brandon Clark and um, so did Dylan Book, Dylan Brooks for that matter. It was just an all-around good team effort, and it was the best um, Grizzlies win I, I, I've probably seen in a long, long time. And honestly, it gave me real good confidence for the rest of the series. I thought we would close this team out in five after that deflating loss that Minnesota had, but I could not have been more wrong, and that's when game four happened on Saturday night. Yeah, and uh, you and I both thought we were going to carry momentum. Um, and we also thought, I mean, give credit to Minnesota. Um, after a deflating loss like that with a young team, you'd probably come out flat. Um, and that was the opposite of what they did, uh, much to my dismay. Um, and so game four, I have a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, and before I get into anything, I'm by no means am I saying that we lost this game because of refereeing um i will say however that this entire series has had an impact based on refs um not to one team or the other it's just had an impact on ref jack we talked all year that this team is one of the most fun teams because of what reason they like to run they like to be fun they like to go up and down the court back and forth back and forth all night long the timberwolves do the same as well the difference between the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves, they're an incredible, they match up perfect to each other because they both are young and they're athletic and they run. But the Timberwolves have a little bit different of a thing. They have three players on their team that can create for themselves and Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell. They can handle being in a choppy game because they can play ISO ball. The Grizzlies do not play ISO ball. We never have and we never will. Um, that is not the type of game we play. We are a literally a team-oriented team. That's what we do. We get everyone involved. Um, so I'm just going to start out by saying shout-out to Taylor Jenkins. That $15,000 was well-earned. Um, like, I, I completely he, – he's a stud for saying that. And also, he's a better man because the fact that he did not cuss a single time in this statement is incredible because you know me <laughs> – you and I both, when we get when we get fumed, we can drop a few. And I mean, all he said is how inconsistent and arrogant of an officiated game this was. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just like, from the get-go, it was foul, 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 inconsistency. He said there was one foul whistle that was blown before contact was even made. This is just embarrassing. Yes, um, he literally, and he also earlier in the statement said, I had to play 12 players in the first quarter. Jack, you and I both know in a playoff game, you're rotation usually shortens not gets bigger um playing 12 players in one quarter is insane especially when you're in the playoffs like i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about this series as a whole and then i'm gonna dive more into game four but the fact that we have shot over i think we've shot over 200 free throws in four games Mm -hmm. that is insane there is 48 minutes of basketball and we are shooting 70 free throws a game. That should not happen. I don't care who's shooting the free throws. I don't care if it's the Grizzlies getting more free throws or if it's the Timberwolves. There shouldn't be this many choppy, choppy, whistle, whistle, I want to be on TV. Nice. I'm sick of it. They've got to stop being, like, I'm just I'm just going to piggyback off Taylor Jenkins on that. they got to stop being inconsistent. Mm-hmm. You're not, like, the rest are not there to get on TV, get their TV time. They're there to officiate the game. Um, and they're just being retarded, to say the least. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm gonna read uh, some of our text chain on Saturday night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, I have three favorites here, um, and they're all in a row, and they're 
of my beautiful, beautiful co-host, who is the most entertaining person to watch a game with and text back and forth with. We call each other multiple times a game, just so everyone knows. But uh, the first one being, in all caps, by the way, oh my god, stop uh, something, calling all these ticky-tack something. And you know what? Anyways, that was the first one. <laughs> you know, Cooper was talking about the refs. He was pretty upset, and I was very upset with it as too. And then three texts later, so apparently Jordan McLaughlin and Pat Bev are the reincarnation of Clay and Steph tonight. <laughs> because Jordan McLaughlin and Pat Bev hit the retarded amount of threes. Uh, and they literally looked like Clay and Steph. The third and final part of the text chain that I absolutely love is first text saying, words can't describe how much I hate Pat Bev. Second text saying, we are the dumbasses who traded him to Minnesota. Oh. So yeah, uh, I talked about a depression game three. Nothing could uh, compare to that depression after game four, my God. Yeah, dude, I mean, I mean, get, literally. I'm not taking a thing away from the Timberwolves. Give them all the credit they deserve. Jordan McLaughlin literally had his season high in game four of the NBA playoffs with 16 points. Um, the man could not miss. Um, and I mean, he literally changed the game. Um, and everybody's probably like, who the heck is Jordan McLaughlin? And you're exactly right. That's all you need to know. Nobody knows. I mean, he shows up. He didn't even play. I don't think he played game one and two. He um, dead ass looks like like the OG at the YMCA. Facts. <laughs> he, really, <laughs> he really does. But I, I got to get that. I had to get that off my chest because I'm just going to be honest with y'all. The Grizzlies are the better team. Literally, put it on a court where there's no fouls called. Grizzlies probably win by 150 points. I'm just yeah. like, it's if you I let the Grizzlies play the basketball. Exactly. I would too. Like, <laughs> if you let them play the game that they are capable of playing, it's not even a contest. There's a reason that we're the two seed and they're the seven seed. I mean, we were running all over teams. Um, but it's not even the Timberwolves slowing us down. It's the refs slowing us down. And the refs are slowing them down, too. They, like, I mean, they're ticky-tack fouls on both sides that should be called. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was my favorite My favorite one was definitely the one uh, to get Jaron his fifth foul where he – literally like the dude was going up for the layup and you see jared jump and he doesn't even touch the dude yet and they already blow the whistle called a foul that was the one that taylor james was referring to when he said uh they found they called a foul call before there was even contact made because jared literally was like four feet away from him before they called the foul granted jared smacked jared smacked the crap out of him but like still it's like it's just the precedent that you're setting for these playoffs and like nobody wants these playoffs to be that way that's why you saw not just taylor jenkins not just uh, Monty Williams, not just Chris Paul, not Luka Doncic. You saw five different players or coaches get fined fifteen thousand dollars this week for uh, mm-hmm. going off on the rest. So it's not just a series, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to to the exact game. Desmond Bain had his Ray Allen, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry game. I mean, he could not miss. There was one where. He catches the ball after running up the court, um, past half court, and he just catches it, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to shoot. And he shoots it right on Pat Bev, sends him to a water park. Um, I was going berserk. I mean, he, sh- he was 8 of 12 from 3. Um, he did everything in his power to keep us in this game. Um, I'm not even going to be mad at John Morant. John Morant still almost had a triple-double. Um, ja just couldn't get going in this game, but the thing I love most about Ja is he's still responsible for most of our points in this game. He had 15 assists. Um, if you look at it, 
they are so focused on Ja that every time the ball he has the ball in his hands, there's three people basically shadowing him, which is why we're getting so many open shots. We just got to make those open shots. So that's why I'm not saying it's the ref's fault by any means. Who I will blame, however, which, Jack, you're going to have to hold me back on this one. If Jaron Jackson Jr. does not play more than 20 minutes in Game 5, I'm okay with sitting him for the series. I'm over it. If he does not comprehend how to not foul in a game, he just should stop. not Just stop fouling. Bro, Literally. please stop fouling. Please. It irritates the snot out of me that he's fouled out in two games already. Or he might be more than that. But the fact that the majority of these fouls are on the offensive end is not okay. He Blow the hell up. Exactly. You just got a contract for over, I don't even know what it is. Uh, I know it's an insane amount of money. And I th- Jack, I was defending this man at the beginning of the year. You heard me. I was like, just give him a second. He hadn't played in a really long time. Let him get his feet under him. Let him do this. this. Like, I mean, I was defending him. And I'm still going to. I love Jaron. Jaron. Same here. Jaron is one of our anchors. They don't know, like, I yes, John Moran is our superstar. Desmond Bain is our scorer. Dylan is our defensive, like, annoy you, Pat Bev type. Jaron is part of the motor that runs us. And it's because of how good he is on the defensive side. When Jaron's actually on the court, the Timberwolves do not score. I don't know if nobody, anybody notices that, but they do not score. He just has to stay on the court. And... If Jaron would learn, I, I love him being aggressive. I love the energy. I love the aggression. That's what makes him such a good player. You have to understand you are in the playoffs. Everything is heightened. All of the bad things you do, all the stupid things you do are heightened in the playoffs. If you go out there and just put your shoulder in, guys, veterans like Torian Prince and veterans like, I guess you can call Jared Vanderbilt a veteran. He's like 26 years old or 25 years old. So, I mean, he's been in the league for a few years. He's never been in the playoffs. But, like, these guys know what you do. They're doing their job if they get you out of the game. Jared mm-hmm. Vanderbilt's not out there to score 50 points a night. Jared Vanderbilt is out there to literally annoy Jaron Jackson and get him out of this game. Because they know if Jaron and Jaron are on the court, they cannot do a thing. And they can. Mm-hmm. Jaron has to be smarter and not foul. He has to. He. I love the aggressiveness, but if I'm Taylor Jenkins, you have to get him going early. I want to see them come out first position, find a run a play that gets Jaron a wide open three. Let him get let him get the first shot. Like I mean, something to get him in the role to where he doesn't feel like he has to drive and be aggressive and attack because that's where he always screws up because he he either puts his shoulder down and extends and gets a charge, which is rightfully so. That's a good call, or he misses the shot and then goes over the back, which usually are pretty good calls. I don't complain about those. I complain about the ones where he swats the ball and then. Uh, where he swats the ball and then it hits the dude's hand and they call a foul. That's the one I complain about. Um, but he's he's just too important to not be in the game. He's mm-hmm. too important to not be in the game. He's so important to our defense. Just like you said, he is our defensive anchor. We need him in the game. And the fact that all this shit is so fixable and is so mental, that's what infuriates us the most about him. It's because like Dude, we love you because you're so important to us. But at the same time, you're the reason you're not in the game. It's not anybody else. You're the reason, Jaron. And at, I, I get the kid's 21 years old, but I mean, this is his fourth year in the league. It's time to grow the hell up. And 
He needs to stop doing these stupid fouls and because he's too important to. And when it comes to game four, Desmond Bain kept us in the game. He had 30, exactly, 34 points. He had eight threes. And he kept us in pretty much the entire game. Dylan played well again as well with 24. Ja could not get it going um, scoring-wise, but like you said, he gets his teammates involved. When he doesn't have it going, he's going to have a 15-assist game like he had in game four. Brandon Clark was fantastic again. He was a plus 13 leading the team. Just been a huge difference difference maker, um, just like he was in game three. My question is... um, is really with our bench if we're going to change anything. Yes, the the officiating was absolutely terrible. Um, But at the same time, I'm just trying to focus on what we can control. And that is we abandon Steven Adams and then we play him for three minutes for God. I I get like we're in foul trouble and stuff, but still I feel like I don't like running him out there at all. I mean, in in three minutes, he was minus five. But my main focus with our bench is – (laughs) my main focus with our bench is should we play John Conchar over DeAnthony Melton or Zaire Williams? Because honestly, I could flip, flip a coin and I wouldn't care because Zaire's 19 years old. Yes, he has an excuse. D melt does not. I mean, he, he has just been terrible dating back to last year in the playoffs, but um, I don't know. The moment looks a little too big for Zaire right now. And DeAnthony just, is allergic to playing in the playoffs. Apparently, what do you do? You like Conchar getting minutes over them, and if so, which one? I'd rather be over DeAnthony. Um, mm-hmm. The only reason I'm going to say that is I don't know. DeAnthony looks shell shocked. I don't know what it is, and I love Demo. Yeah. I love Demo. Demo is a he grinds his butt off on both ends of the court. But I'm a I'm a Jack. I know I've been harping on it, and I told you you're going to have to hold me back. D-Melt is a guy that flourishes in the pace of our game. He thrives when we're running up and down the court. He loves those transition, just spot-up threes. We can't get any of those. Yes, because they're, damn, 75 fouls a game. <laughs> I know. Like, it's insane. I mean, yeah. they shot, I think they shot 24, 25 or 26 free throws in the first quarter. That's the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not okay. Yep. And I think that's what's killing D-Melt. Um, and I also just think he needs to see the ball go through the basket. But if I'm honest with you, I want to see John Contra. I don't know why he's not playing. Um, he, um, he he deserves to get minutes, in my opinion. I think John Contra should be in there because he, he'd help you with rebounding. He'd help with defense a little bit. Um, and he can also score. Um, I definitely want to see John Contra get minutes. But I don't think we will. If, if anything, I think you see John Contra getting a DNP coach decision. D'Anthony Mellon get a DMP coach's decision and maybe even Zaire get a DMP coach's decision. <laughs> if if we're not about to all foul out in the first half. So that's, that's a big it. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, do you have any prediction for um, game five on Tuesday night? Because I feel like we've, I mean, I guess we've missed like half the games. Of course, you and I pick the Grizzlies to win every time, but <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't even know. I, I don't even know. This game is so crucial because if they take a 3-2 lead going back to Minnesota, it may be a wrap. I, I, I just don't know. What, what's your prediction? I agree. If, if we go back to Minnesota down 3-2, it's uh, 
I think we can. I mean, I think we can make it to a game seven, but that just flips the script so bad for us. Um, game five is the most pivotal. Um, I've said it. I was telling Leah. I was like, look, uh, if it gets to a game five, game five is one of the most influential games uh, in a playoff series. So we get it on our home court. Um, I wanted to go really bad. I might. I'm, I'm still looking at those tickets, but they're they're a little pricey for uh, for the budget this month. But uh, it, that that place has got to be rocking. We got to be on them. And Jack, I'm gonna be honest. We got to stop coming out flat. Like we can't be having. I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad we overcame the two 25 point leads and got that win. How about let's not try to overcome a 25 point deficit and let's yeah. just beat them by 25 and hold on to it. Yeah. How about we like show up. Like, how about we Back. run out of the locker room and show up in the first quarter? That would be nice. Back. Just one game. Just once. Yeah. Well, yeah. you saw what happened in game two where we just jumped on my mascara on Prince. And we, and we still were only game. up by, like, two points at the end of the first, though. Exactly. We were. But Our um, best game. Also, just shout out, Jaron played 27 minutes that game, and I said if he plays over 25, we'll be good. And he, that's the exactly. only game he played over 25 in, and we won by uh, 30. So, yeah. I'll just leave that with that. I've, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not feeling great. I'm still going to pick my Grizz because I'm going to ride or die with them. And to all the people mm-hmm. listening to this podcast, you got to know that I'm going to ride or die with all my teams. Uh, I root mm-hmm. for probably some of the worst teams in history in all sports. So, like, I'm used, <laughs> to, I'm used to it. So, <laughs> um, but, Jack, I'm going to be honest. We're the better team. We have the better coach. Go out there and show it. That's all they got to do. Literally, you're literally proving everyone right when they said they're too young of a team to be in the playoffs. Stop proving them right. Go out there, be dominant, be smart, win the game. Control what you can control. We cannot control the officiating. We can control our defensive anchor getting three offensive fouls and fouling out of the game and playing 23 minutes. Yeah. We can control. Um, Yeah. Control what you can control. Be smart. Take it out of their hands. Don't let let the uh, game decision come down to the fact that they got more free throws than you. I don't want that to be the decision. Let the decision be because you messed up or you you did it. Exactly. I completely agree. All right, let's um let's move to this one eight series in the West. A surprising one at that. This Phoenix yeah. and New Orleans series. Yes, Devin Booker is hurt. I, I get that, but I still would have never, ever predicted this series would be tied two two going back to Phoenix for game five. Pelicans tied this series up behind Brandon Ingram's 30 points in Game 4. Chris Paul struggled with four points in Game 4. Um, uh, the narrative around him right now, it's, it's like one game on and one game off for him. It's kind of like uh, it's taking a toll on him with D-Book being out because CP3 closed the game out in Game 3 and they weren't even at a point in game four where they could close a game out because it was a blowout. That's, that's how bad it was in new Orleans. Um, the, I was talking to Trey earlier recording our segment. He said, he said it perfectly. The two rookies just absolutely have been harassing CP three. And those two rookies are Jose Alvarado and also Herb Jones. They, they have done a fantastic job yep. this series. They look like, veteran players or just crafty defenders mm-hmm. and Herb Jones has be- quickly became one of the best defenders in the league and Jose Alvarado is just a pest yeah he's just literally. a pest you know um and he's he's a great um pickup for him especially as an undrafted guy I, I always root for those guys you know but yep. um my question to you is as we go back to Phoenix for game five 
as this series is tied, is Phoenix in real trouble? Because Devin Booker is not going to come back for another couple weeks. I think they are. Um, this was one series that you and I both said this is this is not going to be a fun one, um, but I think they really are. Um, we're I'm, you mentioned the Chris Paul four points and eleven assists. Um, I think it goes back to you know how Jaw gets the Jaw gets the full focus from the Timberwolves. Uh, he has two or three players on him at all times. Like they might not be directly guarding him, but they're shadowing. Like if he if he takes one move, they're moving with him. Like that's why we're getting open shots. And I think losing Devin Booker is so critical to them because he takes some of the stress away from Chris Paul to do what Chris Paul can do. Because mm-hmm. you're not leaving Devin Booker wide open. <laughs> like nobody's nobody's dumb enough to do that. Um, mm-hmm. You might leave Mikael Bridges open. You might leave Cam Johnson open. You might leave Jay Crowder open. You're probably definitely leaving DeAndre Ayton open. They're fully focused on Chris Paul now. You just said it. Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado get to literally tee off and suffocate him the same way that the Celtics suffocated Kevin Durant. I mean, mm-hmm. they are they're they're literally saying, "I'm fine if Jay Crowder beats me. I'm fine mm-hmm. if Jay if Jay Crowder wins, tip my hat. If Cam Johnson beats me, tip tip my hat. If Mikael Bridges beats me, tip my hat. Chris Paul, CP3." best point guard of our generation he's not beating us he's not and i think losing Devin booker is huge i mean we we said it was huge when it happened um and he's i mean people are seeing why um i don't think we're gonna see another four points from chris paul um i do i as much as i do think the Celtics are in trouble i still think they win um but i'm gonna be honest you're getting you're getting a tough and fiery and hungry team. I mean, JV popped out a 26 and 15 game, uh, literally missed six total shots. Um, you already mentioned Brandon Ingram had 30. Uh, and see, this was a light CJ McCollum game. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. the issue. Like, we keep who it's who's gonna be the ones, the leading scorer for the Pelicans. That's what that's the thing that scares me the most is, uh, You've seen the Pelicans overcome a pretty feisty defense in the Suns. Um, so I'm definitely going to be tuning in these games. I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't tuning in early uh, and also into these, this series, but I'm going to be tuning in now because uh, we got a series on our hands. I, I do want to throw you a question, though. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any world that we see a Zion appearance in this series? I'm only asking because you and I both thought this was a 4-0 sweep. So, like, now mm-hmm. that it could potentially get to another round, do you think Zion ever shows up? Like, we start hearing murmurs or rumors? Yeah, you and I, because whenever we did our playoff preview, we didn't even bat an eye at this series. I'm pretty sure, like, we spent maybe 30 seconds on this. Like, this is not even worth our time talking about because we wanted to talk about everything else going on. But on the Zion front... Uh, the reports are saying that you know he disagrees with the timetable that New Orleans has set for him. Now, I don't know which side is which. I don't know if Zion thinks he's ready to play and New Orleans doesn't want that or if vice versa. But um, I, if they, if they make it to the next round, that's a big if. If they make it to the next round, possibly. 
But at the same time, would you want it with the way they're playing right now, with the way CJ True. and BI are True. coexisting, with you know the feistiness of the team? Because Zion's not the best defender, and this mm-hmm. is a team that lacks defenders outside of the rookie Herb Jones and the other rookie Jose Alvarado. That's really all the defenders they have. Because JV's not an interior presence, and neither is Zion Williamson. To be honest, if I was a Pelicans and in my head, I think they're the ones that kind of want to say, hey, Zion, we don't want to throw you out in the middle of the playoffs, bro. You have not played all year, and you're about 300 pounds overweight. We do not need to throw you out in the middle of the playoffs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is our franchise yeah. guy still, and David Griffin wants to save his job. He throws Zion out there, and God knows what the hell happens. I mean, we see this kid blow out his damn shoe in a college game. So, But um, anyways, I don't. I don't know if they do. Deeper in the playoffs, I feel like what you just said is going to get louder and louder and louder. Um, would you throw him out there if you were this Pelicans organization? Heck no. Absolutely not. I just, I mean, you know we're going to start hearing the rumors. If they get to a game seven, you're going to oh, hear God, the, yeah. is Zion going to play? Like, is Zion going to come out and play? Because, I mean, it's not He's very been dunking that before every game. Yeah, exactly. He's, I mean... You're not going to be able to stop the people from speculating. They're going to be like, how can he do a 360 windmill dunk, but he can't play in a basketball game? Like, how does that make any sense? You know what I mean? Like, there's you're going to spark more questions than answers. And I'm just interested to see how the Pelicans organization handles it. But that's it. I mean, dude, if they get seven games, I'm going to tip my hat to Willie Green and this Pelicans roster because, like, I did not give them a shot in the dark for this series. But, I mean... When Jonas Valanciunas is a plus 19 and Brandon Ingram's a plus 18, uh, you're not losing very many games. Um, that's pretty – I mean, seeing those in the playoffs is pretty insane. So Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know. I think I think it is going to get louder. I, I think about the Reggie Miller quote because they showed Zion doing a windmill before the game the other night during game four, and it panned back to Reggie, and he goes – he can give you 15 minutes now. Come on. <laughs> he can give you 15 minutes. This is yeah. this is ridiculous. We're watching Bad. this guy doing windmill after windmill. He can give you 15. Come on now. But I mean, you can, give, you, him like the, I you can give him like the five minutes, five minutes, or like four minutes, four minutes, four minutes, a quarter sort of a thing right. just to get his feet wet. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You don't want to throw someone out in the middle of the playoffs where they haven't had conditioning all year. They're not up to game speed. Because you don't want to just throw someone out there four minutes every quarter just to throw them out four minutes every quarter exactly man exactly um let's move to that one eight series out east now miami atlanta jimmy butler has just been on a different planet this entire series um he had 37 i believe in game four and he had 45 either in game two or game three my memory's slipping me but um it looks like miami's on a collision course for philly but at the same time um as we're recording right now, Philly is getting beat in Game 5, and it looks like Toronto may force a Game 6. We'll see and wait for that ending. But it does look like Miami and Philly are on a collision course for each other. Um, but do you think Atlanta can possibly push this series to 6 and send it back to a Game 6 in Atlanta, Cooper? If Kevin Knox is outscoring Trey Young in four minutes a game, absolutely not. <laughs> When you sent me that stat, bro, bro, when you sent me that stat today, I was like, wait, 
what the hell i forgot kevin knox was even on that team exactly that's exactly what i said because i think in the first game when they were getting just absolutely massacred i was it was easter sunday and so i was with family and we had the game on because uh my cousin's uh, a huge – my cousin and my uncle are huge Celtics fans. They have been for a really long time. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, the game was coming on after that. Um, and I was sitting there watching the game. I was like, who's number five out there just getting buckets right now? And Because right. we were all sitting there like it's cr- like train out there. Capella's not out there. Uh, Collins, Hunter, all those boys, they weren't out there. I was like – Number five is needs to get more minutes. I was like, he out there dogging, and then I see his jersey. I was like, oh my gosh, it's no. Kevin Knox. No. <laughs> I was like, it's Kevin Knox. Right. And Jack, I'm not gonna lie to you. This, I mean, I'm I'm not the greatest scout in the world, clearly, but when I when I watched Kevin Knox in Kentucky, I literally I wanted him to come to the Grizzlies. I was like, Kevin Knox is nice. I was like, he can score, and I mean. Jack, if you're having 10 points in five minutes in a playoff game, you're doing something right. But, I mean, I say that jokingly. Like, he, he outscored Trey Young in game one. He had 10 points. Trey had eight. Trey played 28 minutes. And Kevin Knox played five minutes in garbage time, however. And then in yeah. game four, Trey had nine and 36 minutes. And Kevin Knox had 12 and four. And I'm and I'm not saying that stat to sh- – I mean, obviously, shout out Kevin Knox because I still like you a lot. I still think you're really nice. But – uh Trey Young, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I mean, and it's also I say that, but also shout out to Miami. Uh, uh, yeah, the defense are throwing at him. It's, it's just like, yeah, exactly it's just they're suffocating him. Exactly, mm-hmm. they're suffocating him the same way that uh, the Celtics just won a series suffocating uh, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Because um, mm-hmm. the difference between Miami is they also switch a lot that all five of their players can switch and clamp you up. Um, other than Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson out there to play defense. He's out there to shoot threes. But every one of them can play defense and annoy the stew out of you. So every time Trey Young comes off a pick, oh, Kyle Lowry got picked, but here's Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo waiting for you. Every time you mm-hmm. pick one of those guys, oh, Kyle Lowry's sitting right there with Bam Adebayo waiting for him. Like, he just can't. He has nowhere to go, and he's running for his life. And you see the difference between these two teams. One team structured very soundly, and I think the – I'm going to be honest, I think the Hawks team was just kind of thrown together. Um, I mean, you have guys with minus 29, minus 27, minus 23. I mean, they're just – Jesus Christ. They look like boys amongst men. Like, this looks like a high school team trying to play a college team right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's just it, – they're not going to win. I think I think uh, Miami finishes this next game, and I think – don't they play tomorrow – I think I think Miami finishes it. I agree. I thought Trey Young would be enough to maybe get you two, but one I think is more realistic. And the way this Atlanta team's built, you're right. It's kind of thrown together. It was kind of lazily done. It was like they they were content with going to the conference finals last year. You remember Trey yeah. said at the beginning of the year because they were they came out horribly at the beginning of the year. He was like. I don't know. Regular season's kind of boring compared to the playoffs. Like that's just shit you don't say. Like you do not say that, man. And like, yeah, no, you don't. They, they were just content with going to the conference finals. They thought they could do it all again. And these young guys, they don't know how rare it is to go on a run like that. They don't know how rare it is to have the luck to go on a run like that. To have the health to do that, and to have the cards fall where you get favorable matchups like they had against Philly. They were able to exploit Philly very well last year, yeah. especially because Ben Simmons turned into. Um, 
you know, disappearing act as he always does, just like James Harden. Yeah, but, just like James uh, Harden tonight. I'll get to him later for you. Uh, oh, please do. You you know I could swing about at him. My TikTok followers are so <laughs> um, like so put out with me putting out content hating on James Harden. It is absolutely hilarious to me. But but anyways, this this isn't even that series. We'll get to that series. <laughs> Everyone knows how we feel about James. But yeah, I agree. Miami's going to close this out in five uh, back home, and they'll be waiting on Philly after Philly gets done uh, messing around with Toronto because I think that's yeah. hilarious to me. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Philly, let's let's just go ahead and move to that series, the four five in the East, Philly and Toronto. Um, let me check the score real quick. It's one hundred three to eighty five with fifteen yes. seconds left, so I think it's over. Mm-hmm. Toronto's going to close this one out, and if you would have told me when Philly was up 3-0 that Toronto is going to have a game six at home to tie the series up at 3-3 that I I would not believe that at all and now on Thursday Toronto has a chance to tie the series at 3-3 and send this game to a game seven which is ridiculous not even not even make it to six games but the fact that you don't have Fred Van Fleet who was an (laughs) all-star like the fact that you don't have your best player and you just, Facts. I mean, thumped. I mean, 88 points is like 2010 basketball games. Like, people score over 100 every night, like easy. Scoring 88 in a basketball, in, in a playoff game is just sad. And I'll get to the Philly, Philly in a second. Facts. Dude, to, uh, Toronto, apparently, Scott, Trey's, Trey's watching this game as we speak, and he just texted me. He goes, dude, I cannot believe Scotty Barnes came back this fast and looks like this. Um, his numbers aren't incredible. It's 12, 8, and 4. But, I mean, that's how Scotty's been playing, just filling up the yeah. stat sheet all year. Precious Achua off. Yeah, exactly. Precious, Precious off the bench has been huge again. He had 20 in game uh, game four's game four win over Philly, and he had 17 and seven this game off the bench. Um, three it's not blocks. like Toronto, yeah, three blocks. It's not even like Toronto's burying a bunch of threes. I mean, they only shot 26% from three, so it's not like it's you know they're getting carried by hitting a bunch of shots. They're just flat out playing Philly the past two games. And yep. when you have a guy that shrinks in the playoffs and has not showed up for one game, like James Harden, <laughs> who's four and 11 again, and Tyrese Maxey's kind of came down to earth. And Joel Embiid is uh, only has 20 and 11 because they're, he's probably getting double every time he touches the ball in the post as he should. Cause it's like, make James Harden beat us, make Tyrese Maxey beat us, make Tobias beat yep. us. Toronto may four seven, and I don't know if they will. But um, how are you feeling with Toronto going back home? I mean, Matisse Thybulle's not going to be able to play in this game six. I like Toronto, dude. I mean, I you know how much I like Toronto. That's why I said I think this game, I think this series goes to seven. I think it's a toss up. I I really like Toronto to come away with this one. I mean, I said that. Did I foresee Scotty Barnes going down the first three games? That and did I see uh, Freddie getting hurt? No, I'm not. I'm not that good, but. I really like Toronto. I love Nick Nurse. I, I love Doc Rivers, don't get me wrong, but I think Nick Nurse is probably one of the best head coaches that we've seen in a really long time. And Jack, I mean, we've never had a comeback from 3 0. We've never had. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, this would probably be the most priceless one if somebody came back from 3 0. You and I would have a field day on the 76 oh if, if they blow a 3 0 lead. Like it will be a field day on them if they come if they lose. Please, bro, please, 
please just lob me that softball. <laughs> and I swear to God, my next nine posts will be all of James Harden's choke job. He has not showed up in any of these five games. It's typical James. I mean, I wouldn't well, expect it to happen already in the first round when a Toronto team that goes eight deep loses the rookie of the year. But, you know, sometimes he just beats my expectations and it just tickles me to death <laughs> because I hate James Harden so much. He choked last year in the game seven against Brooklyn and Milwaukee where Kevin Durant plays all 48 minutes and has a 49 piece and still loses. And he's choking this year with an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid and a young star in Tyrese Maxey and also a very solid veteran role player in Tobias Harris. It's just how much easier can it get for you, James? And I don't know. He just chokes. It's fantastic. Yep. And he played literally, he only sat for eight minutes total of this game. <laughs> so they're actually beating Nick Nurse in his own game of playing their players really long. So, um, I don't know this. I, I'm, I'm when I saw that Freddie wasn't playing, I chalked it up as this is over, gentlemen sweep. And I was about to say it too, um, but then I actually read it, the score and saw that Toronto was up by 13. I was like, oh, Toronto's feeling it. I was like, all right, bet. And then I looked and I didn't realize Scotty Barnes is coming back tonight. But I mean, this shit, Scotty Barnes is so important to them. I mean. Jack, I'm going to be honest, I didn't think he'd win the Rookie of the Year, but give credit to him. I mean, he's been solid the entire year, um, whereas Evan Mobley was kind of really, really good the beginning of the year and then kind of came back down to earth at the end of the year, and then Cade wasn't very good at the beginning of the year and then skyrocketed the last part of the year. Scotty was consistent the entire year, um, and I think that's probably what allowed him to win. But he is solidified himself as the second, the third best player on this team. And when I, when I say that, I mean, that's not a knock on him. That's just how good I love Pascal Siakam. I love Spicy Pete. And I love Freddie. Um, this team was not expected to be here. They weren't expected to be here. I'm going to be honest with you. When you come into the season and it's Pascal, OG, and Anobi, Scotty Barnes, Kim Birch, Gary Trent, and Freddie – nobody and i mean nobody had them in the thing they're like they're gonna take a year kind of get a good pick get some get somebody else kind of keep their core going nobody thought they were gonna be here let alone they they're on a i mean they've won the last two games and it's because they're i don't know i, I mean i haven't watched the games and i apologize but they're clamping them down i mean that's all i can see from this i mean James Harden plays 40 minutes, 4 of 11, 2 of 6. Tyrese plays 42 minutes, 5 of 14, 0 of 3. Joel Embiid, 7 of 15 in 40 minutes, 0 for 4. Tobias Harris, 6 of 16, 2 of 7. I mean, you can't, I mean, that's just, they're either just missing great shots, and we can look at shot quality and confirm or deny that, or they're just being defended really well. Um, and that's what I liked. I, I thought Toronto was going to be athletic. I thought they could hang with him. Uh, I really thought Joel was going to have his way, and he's not because Nick Nurse is just that good of a coach. I love Nick Nurse. I'll say it one more time. I love Nick Nurse. Um, shout out to them. I, I hope they win and force it to a game seven because I kid you not, I know you'll unload the clip, but I'll be hopping right on your back to unload the clip with you to mm -hmm. make fun of the 76ers team to no end. Doc Rivers would lose his job on the way to the locker room. And yep, on James the way. Harden, I would, if they pay him 
if they pay him in the summer after this, I don't even care. Let's say they win win game six. Okay, everyone knows they're getting bounced in the second round of Miami. Let's be real. Yeah. And he continues, and he, he has yet to show up for a game. It's been five games in the playoffs. He has not showed up. He has not showed up. If he continues on this streak and Philadelphia pays him, Daryl Morey should be suspended from the NBA for being one of the worst GMs of all time. <laughs> for life. He you should let, never come back. Exactly. You let everyone take a piss on Chris Paul in Houston. His career's over. His career's over. Chris Paul is the one that carried them to the conference finals to begin with. There were they were a game seven away from being in the NBA Finals. They almost beat uh, Golden State. Yep. They almost beat Golden State. They were Everyone injured, wrote off Chris Paul. Away. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Everyone wrote off Chris away. Paul. He traded him to Oklahoma City for Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul carries Oklahoma City and Shea Gildress-Alexander the playoffs the next year. Then he proceeds to get traded to Phoenix. He carries that team to the Finals. And... <laughs> I don't know. James is a cancer everywhere he goes. That's why he will never, ever, ever win a championship. <laughs> I agree. I agree. No, no said. Take that. No for said. Data. <laughs> Take that for data. <laughs> uh, let's move to the other four or five series out west, which is Dallas and Utah. Luca came back, but it wasn't enough in game four. These these two teams are playing right now. Actually, Dallas has an early lead. Um, but this is a series we can finally make a prediction on, Coop. We have not been able to do that because we didn't know the uneasiness of the Luka news. Uh, but now we can make a prediction. So do you have one? Uh, how do you feel about this kind of best of three series now that's tied up 2-2? I, I like Luka Magic. Uh, also, I, I'm going to slide away from Luka Magic right now. Jalen Brunson gonna get him a bag in the offseason. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know I who's gonna pay him. Truck. Literally, yes. he gonna he gonna break the bank this offseason because yes. he is playing out of his mind. And I, I'm gonna be honest. I hope Dallas keeps him because I like the Jalen Brunson Luka Doncic combination. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the Mavericks. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think the Jazz are a garbage team. Um, yeah. Thank thank the Lord that. Uh, Quinn Snyder actually tunes into our show because uh, I told him he needs to start using Rudy Gobert more. And technically, he only shot two more shots than he shot all series. But uh, hey, he had double digit points and they won a game. So I, did I'm you gonna see take his post game interview, bro? No, I didn't. What was it? Um, he goes, I think it was F the talk. But let me let me uh, go to House of Highlights real quick and double check that he. So they won Game Four, right? Like in a series, yeah. they're supposed to be up. In a series, we're supposed to be an already of one at because obviously Luca didn't play three out of four games, and you let Jalen Brunson go nuclear, nuclear, and so did Maxi Cleaver or Cleaver, whatever yeah. his name is. But he, uh, yeah, it was F the talk. That's Rudy Gobert said F the talk to the TNT <laughs> reporter um, when he was asked about um, all the noise surrounding the Utah Jazz. And I mean, he's so garbage. It, he he acts like he dropped a 30 or 40 or 50 piece in the playoffs and like he's done he something. had 17 points yeah cool dude like you got played out of you've been played out of the playoffs not twice I, literally I, he had I no blocks defense player I hate of the year hating this guy like harden it's so easy for me it's so easy for me to hate james harden i hate hating rudy gobert because mc mike conley's on that team and you know how much we love him yeah. it's just tough for me but then again, when you say F the talk, it's like you had 17 points, dude. Yeah, you sound why like Carl why is he even Towns, getting, Yeah, exactly. Why is he even getting interviewed? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
but anyways. Literally, it should be Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside played 14 minutes, had three blocks. You played 32 and had none. So, yeah, not my defensive defense player. player of the year. Yeah, not my defensive player of the year. I don't know that is for a fact. It's, yeah, Rudy Gobert. I feel like every time he has a post game interview, it's just more stupidity. It's kind of like Cat's uh, post game interview. You you didn't even hear it, but you said. Cooper, he just looks like he's saying something stupid. What's he saying? I was like, yeah. well, yeah, he lowered his voice and started acting like he was big instead of talking like the foul. That's not foul. <laughs> oh, I did he, see. I did eventually yeah. see that. Where he he decided he wanted voice. to become a, yeah, he became a base like midway through the sentence. It was like, well, they got to come back to our house now. So uh, they got a good home record, but we do too. I was like, okay, cat. <laughs> Dude, okay. We in Minnesota now. <laughs> we in Minnesota now. <laughs> that age well. right. it did age well um there by the way i had a i had a little bit to drink on saturday night during the game i cannot <laughs> tell you how much how many times i said that on saturday night even though we lost i turned to my to uh jv who's one of my or not jv to um austin who's one of my best friends i was watching the game with i can't tell you how many times we said that we were literally just blurting it out to each other at random points in the game we're, oh, we were down it. by like 15 and i was like we in minnesota now <laughs> 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 but anyways uh we're gonna wrap this up with the three six matchups i don't have a whole lot to say about this but um milwaukee blew out chicago again they're up three one heading back home trying to close it out in game five and Denver did get game four against Golden State. It's 3-1 going back to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but do you have anything to say about either one of these series? Does Chicago or Denver have any pulse or any shot to push it to six? I'm trying to decide who I think could push it to six. Because um, mm-hmm. in the Golden State game, Jordan Poole came back to earth. But also, Aaron Gordon had 20 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't make this stuff up, but I mean – I. Aaron Gordon has to be better than what he was playing like, and he had 20 points and they won. Jordan Poole came back down to the earth, so I definitely think we're about to see Jordan Poole go back to the bench, and Steph Curry's going to be back in his starting lineup. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think they finished Denver. I don't think Denver's going to get another game. I I want to say the Bulls can win another one because I really hope they can, but I don't think they will. Um, they played a or no, they played Wednesday. Um, so, I mean, and it's, it's, it's at Milwaukee, um, no Chris Middleton, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think any Chris Middleton, I don't think he's going to be available till uh, second round. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have him in Sunday's game and they still whack. So yeah, I'm going to say both these games get gentlemen sweeps. So we'll, we'll go with that. Right. They both have, they both I, happen on Wednesday. So we'll know. Exactly. I, I completely agree with that. And. Um, on the Golden State front, I feel like this has been way underneath the radar. You just uh, mentioned it, but can we talk about how the Warriors <laughs> in a playoff series have not started Se- Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, for four games? That's yeah. how <laughs> easy this series has been for them. They have won three out of four games without starting Stephen Curry. That is just crazy to me. Former MVP, he's obviously he's never won a Finals MVP, but he's uh he got three rings. He got three of them, Joe. So exactly. and yeah, he coming off he's coming off the bench, greatest six man in the world. Facts. It must be nice to like if we could like. Can you imagine just like having Ja come off the bench? How nice that <laughs> would be. I mean, we could do it if we really wanted to. Tyus could start. I could see it. No, Tyus could Dmail, start, but. but... <laughs> 
Tyus could start, but at the same time, we we can't even win with Josh starting against the no, Minnesota Timberwolves. It's so frustrating to me, dude. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It's stupid. Anyways, um, we need to close this out on a high note, and that high note being Grizz and Six. Grizz and Six. Grizz and Six. Jaren plays 25 minutes and we win. That's all I got to say. Yes. Yes. Hey, and we get up and down the floor. We actually play basketball in game five. Please, please, please. Scott yep. Foster, Scott Foster, whoever the ref is on tomorrow night, please let the game be played. Yeah. Leave um, your whistles in the bus. Leave your whistles at home. You don't need them. Don't bring them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do not need them. Um, Coop, that's all I got. You got anything else, my man? Nah, I'm good. Hey, just everybody pay attention. If Jaron plays 25 minutes and we win, don't call me a magician. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be calling you a magician. I actually may call you and call you a magician. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We need to wrap this it. shit up. We need to wrap this shit up. <laughs> That's what I know. Whenever, whenever my dad's coming out at me, so I apologize. Yeah, but anyways, if you're this far in the podcast, you're a real one, Cooper. I hope you have a great night, my friend, and I'll talk to you real soon. You do, dog.